You found it. No nonsense. No scripts. Real people on real issues. Hard hitting and action packed with logic, reason, and common sense. Everything you need and everything you've been looking for in a podcast. This is Dynamic Independence with Johnny Anderson, Bruce Adams, Marty Foster, and GP. Welcome to it. All right, let's go ahead and get started. How you doing today, Bruce? Healthy and alive. Yeah, doing well. You know, somebody just told me a little bit ago that the only thing that seems to be in the news is COVID and politics. Everything mm-hmm. comes down to COVID and politics and COVID politics. It's what it turns into. And to be quite honest with you, man, I'm just, I'm so sick and tired of it. Aren't you? I, I'm really, I'm really sick and tired of it. So maybe sometime this week, next week, we need to plan on, you know, just a break, maybe a break, something like that, because I, I'm like, I'm at the end of my rope with COVID. I just need like a day, right? Can, can we just, can we get a day? You know, no. when I say a day, I mean like one of our break room days, right? If we can come up with a topic mm-hmm. that's not political, if we can get break somebody on, one. maybe, I, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Uh, room 101, yeah. right? Maybe, maybe we can do that. Yeah. Comedy, comedy day. Yeah. Might, might be able to line someone up for the uh, break room. Though it's, if they come on, it, it's not going to be political, but it is going to be COVID still, <laughs> technically. Yeah. Yeah. But okay, well, I'll tell you what, well, yeah, but we need to plan something down the line because I, I need a break from this stuff. I'm just, I'm tired of looking at it. McDonald's decided that they're going to start paying people to get the vaccine, if you want to call it that. I mean, after, per yesterday's discussion, can you really call it that? Can you? Some world leaders are not calling it a vaccine either. I mean, can you even really call it that? I mean, so, legally, no, but. Well, it wasn't legally approved, was it? It wasn't legally approved, no. And the other thing is, is the um, how it um, trains your body to fight the virus isn't really fighting the virus at all, like a normal vaccine. But anyway, McDonald's is combating the pandemic by paying U.S. corporate workers and employees at company-run locations to receive the COVID-19 jab. McDonald's will provide four hours of paid time for those who get vaccinated. McDonald's won't require employees to be vaccinated at this time, I'm sure, but it will encourage vaccination and connect employees to trusted third-party experts to give important information and questions they have. Uh, third-party experts is to, like, what? Who, who would that be? CDC people? WHO people? What? Media people? Because none of those idiots have a clue about what any of this stuff is. They're always double-speaking. Oh, yeah, there's more double-speak coming out of uh, uh, the sainted Dr. Anthony Fauci. We'll talk about him today, too. That's about 30 bucks, by the way, for those curious. Four hours yeah. is about 30 bucks. Oh, well... Four but, hours paid. But, yeah. well, no, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I thought that was 60. What, for four hours? Oh, cause, well, yeah, because uh, $15, $15 an hour. hour. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. You mean the $15 an hour minimum wage for all government workers? Oh, is that yeah. what he meant? Is that yeah. what he meant? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I thought, it, it, I thought it they meant for everybody. You. Oh. No, no. I thought they meant it for everybody. It might apply to a contractor as well. Maybe. I, I feel I feel like people were lied to. Oh, well, I mean, you know, you, you didn't ask, you know, nobody asked. McDonald's said it had updated almost 50 processes to keep workers and consumers safe and had issued a 59-page guide outlining national standards for restaurants. 59 pages of guidelines as to what to do. Uh, how about this? If you're sick, stay home. Uh, yeah. That's pretty simple. You don't need 59 pages for that. Those standards include wellness checks, 
So what, you got to have your temperature checked every time you go in? Because I can't tell you, I can't tell you how many times I have said, oh God, I'm running this fever of 102.5 and I, I just, I really want a Big Mac and a shake. You know, I can't tell you how many times I've, I've thought that in my life. Protective barriers, which do nothing. Adhering to social distancing guidelines for customers and crew. Using gloves and masks. Okay, you should be using gloves and I would argue masks, yes or no, in, in a store any, or in a restaurant anyway, in a food environment anyway, depending. Yeah. But I mean, they have to wear like those hair nets and stuff anyway, in all those cases. I mean, what? These are people that prepare your food. So I mean, yeah, uh, sorry, but that's just what it is. Uh, increasing the frequency of hand washing because, you know, washing your hands 900 times a day is going to help you fight off a disease. That's going to help you fight off viruses. Do you know that if you wash your hands too much, then that's not a good thing? That's not a good thing? Because you need to be exposed to viruses and bacteria. Why? So your body builds an immunity, a natural immunity. It's only natural. Well, I would like the employees to wash their hands after going to the bathroom. I at least earned that standard. Yeah, of yeah. course. They should be putting on gloves anyway. Uh, but yeah. yes, of course, the hand washing stuff. Yeah, sure. But uh, and to be honest with you, I mean, for for decades now, I've seen that, you know, wash hand sign in the you know restrooms and everything yeah. like that. Nobody it's pays attention to it. it. It's it's always been there. So nobody pays attention. You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. And moving to contactless operations. I, I love this. The contactless stuff. Right. You, you hold your card up there or whatever it is or your phone. And it bills through your bank or your Apple Pay, Google Pay, whatever. Right. You hold that up there, but there's a problem with it. You still have to put your PIN number in and you still have to touch the keypad. So is it really contactless? It's not, is it? Well, I mean, if they would do one of those um, uh, holographic projection things, it's not holographic. It's, it's a, a laser that they can put on like the counter, for example. And it, it's essentially a, a, a calculate or, or a keyboard. And you could, you know, just press the places that the keys are and it registers it. I mean, you know, we've had those for years. You could do something like that that makes it easy to clean the counters and whatnot, right? You should be cleaning that all the time anyway, right? Because mm -hmm. COVID. Each restaurant has an ample supply of personal protective equipment and more than 110 million masks have been distributed to employees. Are you that's, having them change it. them? Yeah. Are you having them change them every four hours, you know, yeah. maximum every four hours, you mm -hmm. know? I've heard this argument up to this point is if this was a real thing, I mean, like a real like a, a real deal of a pandemic, right? If it was really one of these, then you would see masks being supplied rather than sold. You would see them being supplied. And more than that, you would see mask disposal things being put in everywhere. You're not seeing any of that stuff, are you? None of it. Well, and you would also see uh, some some archaic um, processes to to alleviate vac uh, the the virus and whatnot, right? The problems with that, uh, like burning bodies in the street, uh, you know, some of the old archaic things. Being facetious, by the way. McDonald's isn't the only brand that's actually that's actually doing this. Olive Garden and Longhorn Steakhouse are paying their employees two hours of pay for each dose of the vaccine. So see, if you if you go for that second one, right, that, that second one, which is really going to give it to you, if you go to that second one, well, yeah, you get a couple hours of pay for that. So, so they're paying you the same amount. Yeah. So basically they're paying you 20 bucks to go get a vaccine. 20, 20, 30 bucks. 20, 20 bucks. Assuming that, yeah, assuming they're, they're following the seven and a quarter minimum wage, then yeah, it's $29. See, they're making it in this article, they're making it sound like it's a good thing. The company made the move so workers wouldn't have to use their paid sick leave. Or how about you just get it? If you're really concerned about it, why don't you just get it on your day off or after work or 
I mean, it's or not don't you get can it at all. Set up a schedule. Don't. I know. Don't yeah. Well, well, I'm saying if if you're really paranoid about it, I would you know recommend people not get it personally. But you know, whatever. Pizza Hut, Taco Bell, Habit Burger. You got me on that one. I don't know. It must be an out west thing. Never heard of it. KFC, Chipotle. They all said that they won't mandate vaccines. Uh, but Starbucks, they're assisting with vaccinations in the state of Washington. I I don't know. How how do you how do you assist with vaccinations if you're a coffee house? Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. I don't, I don't know. Uh, so are they training employees how to give them jabs or something? Or or beats me. I I really don't know. You, you got me on that one. But anyway, now, see, if you don't want to get the vaccine, well, then you still have to take precautions, right? You still have to take precautions. So we've heard this week. You still have to you still have to make precautions or take precautions. You still have to take precautions even after getting the vaccine. You You, you don't get this get out of jail free card when you go into a store and say, hey, I've had my vaccine. I don't have to wear a mask. No, you're still required to wear a mask, which I mean, if the masks really did work, then that makes sense because the vaccines aren't actually keeping you from getting COVID, nor is it keeping you from spreading COVID. But whatever, you know, it makes sense there. But the masks don't do anything either. So why? Why are we? I don't know. I'm 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 hoping this research that they're doing here recently uh, that's starting to come out showing that wearing masks all the time, including double masking or more, is actually more damaging to your health than it is actually helpful. So I'm hoping they um, we, we get the information on that one and the facts, and then uh, we start seeing lawsuits, uh, specifically a lawsuit against the government. Well, it's... Um it's funny you say that because a top infectious disease expert says double masking may actually increase the COVID infection. It might do more harm. So they mm. put it in. Pers- he puts it in perspective like this. He says, think about your swim goggles. When's the last time anybody leaked at the lenses? They leak at the fit. I I, I don't know. Oh, I see. Yeah. So they, they yeah, it, it doesn't leak onto the lens because it would be cracked if they were. Uh-huh. It would right. be the, the seal point. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. OK. Uh-huh. So. Michael Osterholm, an infectious disease expert, said Sunday that wearing two face masks as a precautionary measure against the coronavirus may actually increase the chances of becoming infected. Wherever would he get such a common sense idea like that? I never would have guessed. As public health... uh, Now, see, Dr. Fauci said that wearing two face masks is just common sense, right? That's just common sense. He said that last week. It wasn't like he said this six months ago. He said this last week. I talked to somebody the other day, said they went into a store the other day. 90% of the people that were in that store were wearing two masks. That's how stupid this is. That's how that's how afraid they've got all these people. It's it's just it's tragic to see this. Fauci last week endorsed the practice of double masking, as I said, wearing a cloth face covering over a surgical face mask. This guy. Oh, he said this. on. It wasn't like he said this on some offshoot, you know, uh, podium speak somewhere. No, this guy's never met a TV camera he hasn't loved. He was on NBC's Today Show last week when he said this. He said double masking. That's just common sense. If you have a physical covering, this is what he said. I'm quoting. If you have a physical covering with one layer, you put another layer on. It just makes common sense that it likely would be more effective. And why you will see people either double masking or doing a version of an N95, more or less. Yeah. So Osterholm, right, who served as uh, uh, I guess he was on uh, Biden's COVID-19 advisory board. I didn't even know he had such a thing because yes. last week he said that. Well, yeah, there's nothing we can do. Uh, it's it's here. It's going to be here. And yeah. So he went on NBC's Meet the Press. Boy, they really ought to figure out this stuff at that network. I don't know, because you got conflicting things. And of course, CNBC, you got them saying three masks. And then uh, what was it? Uh, 
Uh, another network said that you wear four masks. Then, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. When we talk, this is his quote, Osterholm's quote. He says, when we talk about double masking, remember what we're really talking about is just trying to prevent the virus from being excreted by me into the air or me inhaling the virus from someone else's or from someone else in the air. And it's both a function of a face fit and face filtration. And then, of course, he went on to talk about the swim goggles. He says, so what we're concerned about is that many of these face cloth coverings, face cloth coverings do already have compromised fit or filtration capacity. If you add another mask, you may actually make it tougher for the air to move through the two cloth area. And then at that point, it causes more air to actually leak around the sides, which actually enhances your ability to get infected. So in fact, what he's saying is, is that it will do more harm to you. And so th- the people that are pushing this agenda, they know this. They, they know this. There's no profit in keeping you healthy. That's what all this is about. There, there's no there's no point in keeping you healthy because then if you're always healthy, then there's nothing they can sell you and they become irrelevant. So they have to keep you sick enough to where you're dependent on them, but not so sick to where they can't get more money out of you. Now, mind you, last week, Dr. Fauci, just just for reference here, right? Just for reference. Mind you, last week, Dr. Fauci said two masks. I was just I was just quoting him here. Two masks. That's common sense, right? Two masks is common sense. And then, of course, just yesterday, he came out and he said this. He has not changed the recommendations. There are many people who feel, you know, if you really want to have an extra little uh, bit of protection, maybe I should put two masks on. There's nothing wrong with that, but there's no data that indicates that that is going to make a difference. And that's the reason why the CDC has not changed the recommendations. There are many people. Well, he's really sticking to his guns, isn't he? Huh. Interesting. So it's almost like he just you know, lied to the American people and again, nobody's calling him out on it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he just he just moves right on to the next thing. So yeah. Yeah, it is what it is, I mm. guess. But yes, he uh, he's completely flip flopped on all of that. So uh, he said in the beginning, right, let's look at last year. OK, Let, let's look at last year. Now, what did he have to say about wearing masks last year? Let's hear. Let's hear what he had to say about that. There's no reason to be walking around with a mask when you're in the middle of an outbreak. Wearing a mask might make people feel a little bit better, and it might even block a a droplet, but it's not providing the perfect protection that people think that it is. Oh, oh. Now, that was last year. That was September 11th of 2020. Huh. Then he says, later on this year, then he says, well, yes, of course, we know that masks work. And then, of course, then it's two masks because that's just common sense. And now he says, no, there's no evidence to suggest that there's no data there that says that that two masks work. Th- this guy, who in the hell believes this joker? Right. We played a clip last week of Bill Gates talking about how great Dr. Fauci was. Does that sound great to you? That sounds like a contradictory bumbling fool is what that sounds like. I, I think he said that Fauci is a great guy. And which says to me, it, it, it's a personality, uh, you know, personable, uh, you, you know, nice guy kind of a thing. It doesn't say anything about how effective he is at his job to me. But yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Anyway, you got anything else you want to say on that? Uh, no, no. That, that, that pretty much covers itself, right? It speaks for itself. We've been lied to, gaslit, and this is nothing but a virtue signal. Um, they've guilt tripped us. I mean, and people aren't. Uh, I, I where are the American people on this? Where where are the good old boys just deciding? Hey, we're going to get a group of us together, go into the store, and we're just not going to wear a mask and just peacefully protest. I've been trying to figure that out. 
Yeah, I've been trying to figure that out. I, I'm looking for one single protest in the U.S. One. Maybe. Can we just get one? Uh, I don't care. Can we get a couple of thousand people somewhere? Something something other than Antifa. Something. Oh, we did. We did actually see one. OK, Michigan. There there was one at Michigan State Capitol here recently. Oh, okay. um, yeah, they were they were about 2000 people there. They were protesting Michigan's shutdown over high school winter games sports. Yeah. So you got to be joking me. So it's not it's not the masks. That wasn't too far. Uh, the businesses shutting down. That wasn't too far. But to be fair, they, they did actually have a protest. Uh, summer of last year, roughly spring, summer. Uh, yeah, I forget exact timing, but basically 60,000 kids or more will be out of, you know, not able to play sports in, in Michigan. And, uh, you know, look, I'm not going to, I'm not going to finally, at least somebody's standing up over this stuff, right? If it is 60,000 kids that are going to be affected by this, of that 60,000, some of them may have, may be able to get a scholarship or something due to college. Some of them may end up becoming professional, right? Going into that field professionally. By banning it and, and continuing these lockdowns, you're screwing over those kids' opportunity. It, it, this is a once-in-a-lifetime thing, right? Uh, there have been some kind of... Uh, you know, as far as like the scouting and that kind of stuff for, um, you know, scholarships and, and professionals uh, league, there have been um, uh, exceptions made because of the uh, the lockdown and everything. But there's a lot of kids that missed out on potential scholarships and uh, careers in, in sports because of these lockdowns. So in a sense, you know, at least they're standing up. But man, where were you guys sooner than this? Like, we talk about it with people's sports and stuff, right? As long as they have sports, they're they're content. Well, you know, they finally got rid of the sports and now people are upset. Could could we have not, you know, gotten together and said, hey, let's, uh, you know, open businesses up again, you know, maybe feed my family, you know, or let people feed their families. And yeah, I don't know. It just... You know, priorities, we've, you know, yeah, we've, we've made that argument from the start is that, you know, sports are sports were gone. You know, I kind of felt bad for those people, but in a way, I, I really didn't because I thought to myself, okay, sports are now gone. Maybe you're going to wake up now. All the sports people out there, maybe you're going to wake up. And all they said was, man, when are they going to bring football back? When are they going to bring basketball back? When are they going to bring, uh, you know, whatever back? Baseball. What? Why do you care? Okay, I, I'm a New York Yankees fan. Have been for a long time. Well, I, I mean, I, had, I didn't watch last season because I just don't care anymore, right? Hell, Bruce, I'm sitting here wearing a, a New York Yankees sweatshirt. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, for crying out loud, I played baseball for 14 years of my life. Right. I've been a Yankees fan for over 20 years. But you know something? I don't care. I don't care anymore. That's all over. That's all over. Because let me explain something to you. There is not going to be any sports on the other side of this. If this continues, there aren't going to be any sports. Well, they'll have sports, but it won't be the kind of sports you'll be interested in. But you don't but, you don't like government sanctioned sports. No, I don't like the Hunger Games, Bruce. I don't know if you've seen the movies or not, but I'm, I'm not really fond of them because that's the kind of garbage we're talking about here. Right. You, oh, you think that woman actually just came up with that idea off the top of her head? No, no. Granted, it was a it was an interesting concept, but she got the idea from somewhere. It's a popular mainstream thing that's put out there that, that's made into this big, glamorous production to get you desensitized to the idea when it actually comes to you. Art imitates life. Nothing new under the sun. No, no, nothing new under the sun. But, you know, I'm, I'm still I'm still sitting here and it's like I I'm listening to people talk about and I'm not talking about us. I'm talking about like big broadcasters that are out there. I'm hearing them 
And I get so frustrated with him because I, I'm sitting here and I'm watching things literally go to hell in a handbasket. I'm watching things go down down the river, whatever you want to call it, whatever analogy you want to use. I'm watching that happen. And all I'm hearing out of these people that can actually make a difference. I'm talking about people that have thousands upon thousands of listeners a day that can actually make a difference. And they're talking about what the hell their college football team's doing. That's disgusting. That's disgusting. I, I can't stand it. And here we are. Joe Blow nobodies, and it seems like us and others like us that are in the same position, we're the only ones that seem to give a damn. And it just, it irritates me to the bottom of my, to the bottom of my well-being, man, because I just, I cannot stand it. I can't stand it. It's like, fellas, they're, they're, they're shutting down entire swaths of people from free speech, and that all they can say is, boy, that's terrifying. Yeah, that's, didn't see that one coming. Fellas, it's not that hard. It's not that hard. It's been going on for a long time right in front of everybody. It's not that difficult. And these are, these are multi-million dollar operations that have legions of investigators and, and reporters and all the rest of it. Resources that I wish we had the access to, but we don't. And it's just, I, I don't know, man. It's just, it's so irritating. It is so irritating that this, you're talking about a protest that's going on in Michigan. Okay, fine. Great. Protest. You're protesting high school sports. You're seriously, you're protesting high school sports. Why don't you protest the social distancing? Why don't you protest the mask wearing? Why don't you protest the lockdowns? Why don't you protest the the, the fact that you, you've got a governor up there that's an out of control despot? Why don't you protest that? Why don't you hang out in front of her mansion until she resigns? And then after that, you go down to the attorney general, hang out in front of their house until they indict them on criminal charges. I, like that That's the kind of action that needs to be happening. Anyway, all right. The French president, Emmanuel Macron, has said that the vaccines just don't work as expected. Really? <laughs> the hell you huh. say? They just don't work as expected. What do you think they were going to do, sir? Actually, that's a good question. What, what, what did... What did you think they were going to do? That's that's a good question. I mean, I don't know if these if these so-called leaders are so naive to think that this is going to be some kind of a I don't know, a, a fix it or something, then I, I don't I don't really don't know what to tell you. If you're that damn stupid then I don't know what to tell you. What, what is it with these these government people? They get into these positions and they really just have no common sense. None whatsoever. None. So oh, I, I just don't get it. No common sense. You mean like um, Biden's pick to run over, you know, Unemployment. What's her name? Susie uh, Levine. Levine. Yeah. Uh huh. Who she? Is. Uh, she is Biden's um, pick. Uh, let's see here. For well, it's the pick to lead the administration's response to the economic damage, right, caused by shutdowns and whatnot. Okay. All right. Um, so that means she's going to open everything up, right? She's going to order states to open. Yeah. She's she's over the uh, Labor Department's uh, Employment and Training uh -huh. Administration program. Okay. This woman. Does that mean we're, that mean we're going to get the Keystone thing back too? Uh, well, well. See, here's here's the thing. She was um, duped by Nigerian fraudsters oh. during the uh, oh pandemic. So she thought she was going to send a thousand dollars to Prince uh, Alham Nabubu or whatever, and was going to get fifteen thousand back. Well, see, it, see, here's the thing. It, it's a little worse than that. It was the department in Washington State lost hundreds of millions of dollars to a long-known Nigerian scammer. How is this Nigerian thing still a scam? I mean, this has been going on for years. Like, that, that's been ID'd as a scam for a really long time. How, do, how are people still falling for that? I, I just don't understand that. Uh, yeah. Well, apparently she was the uh, head over uh, for her state during that time. This was uh, released by the Secret Service, by the way. Oh, so, 
almost sounds like a little bit of infighting. But anyway, just a little bit. Yeah, that, that, that's that's the same government that um, is running the nation. I, I was making a point in a, in a long way to something you were saying about Macron. Yeah, he uh, he said this is his quote. He says the real problem with AstraZeneca is just that which AstraZeneca, boy, they have a real problem uh, with some things. Yeah, they had tied up in this legal battle and they got this mm. distribution problem across the U.S. and Canada and the EU and all the rest of it. Yeah, uh, the real pro- this is Macron. He says the real problem with AstraZeneca is just that it doesn't work as expected because we have very little information. Well, gee whiz, are you saying that you committed and went headlong into a uh, into a vaccine program? That's never been approved, that was given emergency authorization, and you're expecting information because we skipped all the, you know, we skipped about six years worth of processes and procedures. And you're saying we have very little information. Sir, this is why we have a development time period for these things, because they're so delicate and you have to get them just right. And if you don't do that, if you cut all this tape and you cut all the safety out of it, You're not going to have any information and people are going to have adverse reactions and a lot of people are going to get hurt and a lot of people are going to die. This is why you don't rush vaccines, you incompetent fool. All of you world leaders, every single last damn one of you, all you health ministers, all you public health people, all you dumbasses that are on board with this. And you know something? I know where this damn vaccine agenda is coming from. Yes, yes, you got Bill Gates and all that stuff, but it's coming out of the World Economic Forum. That's where it's coming from. Yeah. And just to for consistency's sake, I'm all for cutting the red tape. I'm all for getting government out of the way. The part I'm not for is cutting the safety, reg- like not regulations, but safety mechanisms in place. You know, I don't know the testing. Is there any long term damage? Does it actually work against COVID-19, you know, or, or whatever, you know, the vaccine is uh, designed to be a fight? I want the science to stay in place. I just want bureaucracy out of the way. And, you know, a lot of this hinges on the fact that it hasn't been talked about since they made the statement Merck, Merck's position. They came out last week and said, they, I mean, they were working on two vaccines, two COVID vaccines, not this mRNA garbage, but the actual traditional process of development of a vaccine. And they said, there's no point in this. You're better off to just get the thing and move on with your life. So they decided they were going to go the therapeutic route as opposed to an actual vaccination because it doesn't do them any good. I mean, there's an argument to say that the the actual vaccines that are out there now are just therapeutics. Well, yeah, I mean, that's what GP talked about yesterday was the fact that I mean, it is it is just the thing where it's it reduces the severity of the symptoms that you could or could not get. Think about that. Think about what I just said. It reduces the severity of the symptoms that you could or could not get. 80% of people who supposedly contract this thing are asymptomatic. So you're going to take a vaccine for something that you might not ever show symptoms for that's supposed to lower your symptoms? Think about that. What common sense is that? Well, and I think to what GP was saying, I think it was your 93% uh, 93 of the uh, people that have COVID-19 are minor symptoms, right? It's not severe, you're not going to have hospitalization or any of that. If you take the vaccine, that number goes from 93% to 95%. And my argument or my, my um, not really argument, but my, my perspective on that is that I think the data is skewed because of policies that were in place uh, in states. I still think that's... Um, so in other words, what I'm trying to say is it's a placebo. That, that's my take on it. I, I don't think it's actually effective at all. Um, I hope it is. I Legitimately, I hope that the vaccines do actually work. They aren't causing any problems, which we know they are causing problems. But, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to see those things. I do want us to, to find something that will um, combat disease. And not not because I think COVID-19 is such a, a, a bad thing. It's that I want to see 
science propelled forward, right? I want us to have these innovations so that if there is a disease out there that, that the technology that we use or, or the processes we use, maybe, maybe we can cure cancer with it. Maybe we can cure heart disease. Maybe we can cure, you know, maybe there's something from this we can learn that we can use in another area. You know, that's what I'm hoping, but that's not unfortunately what we're seeing, um, you know, just from the surface data we're, we're getting so far. Uh, yeah. All right, let's switch up a little bit. Let's move over to some tech stuff. All right, you got something on Google and, and all that stuff? You, you were looking at something with Google? Yeah, there was there was a couple of things with Google. So there was a, a, a lawsuit in Australia over Google and Facebook. And it, it was yeah. basically, Australia was basically saying, if you're Google and Facebook, if you're going to post articles from local sources here in Australia, you're going to have to compensate those businesses for the, you know, um, which honestly, I think that's a fair exchange, in my opinion, as a news agency, if, if you know, uh, a large provider such as Google or, or Facebook gives them a either um, a certain amount of money based on clicks or something like that, because you're bringing traffic to Google and Facebook. And that's, you know, the content they're using is your news, right? The, the stuff you put together. So I'm, you know, I'm not against that idea personally. Uh, I, I think that's good compensation. I don't think the government should mandate it, but you know, whatever. Uh, but Google is saying, yeah, we may just pull out. And if they pull out of Australia, um, Bing Amazon will be the number one. Yeah. But Amazon and Facebook will go too, they're saying. Yeah. They're, they're, they're saying that Facebook for sure. Amazon, I don't know if Amazon would pull out or not because... I mean, they may pull out of like the the news propagation business, but they won't pull out of things like yeah. online sales and that kind of thing. Yeah, so, yeah. But I mean, I was thinking more along the lines of like companies that use their web services and, and things like that. They'll probably, I would assume that that, I mean, that's the backbone of their system. They would pull that. I mean, uh, maybe, I guess. I, I don't know. I would have to look into the the litigation of what Australia is saying, because if, if Amazon was to be hit by that and just use the backbone thing, that would effectively cut... Australia off from the internet. Like if, if Amazon just said, we're not, Google's pulls out, Amazon pulls out. Those are the two major backbones. That's like 60 to 70% of the internet. Well, it's more than that because Microsoft doesn't make up that huge of a percentage. You know, so, I'm, I'm kind of in favor of companies or companies, countries, <laughs> sorry. I'm kind of in favor of countries banning Facebook at this point, at this point. I mean, not because of what it does to people, but because of what the companies do to society as a whole. So in a way, I'm rather than go through the long process of, of slapping them with an antitrust lawsuit, which is going to be impossible because, well, in a sense, because uh, they are international conglomerates at this point, that's going to be impossible. But it's rather than do that, then just ban them from the entire country. And I'm not talking about go like the China route here where you cut off people's speech. Let these companies stay in existence. But when you kick them out of the countries, and you cut off their access to the populations in those countries, that will then allow the countries themselves to develop their own competitors. You see what I mean? Yeah. Um, the only thing is, is let's say Facebook, Google and Amazon, they're all working together. Um, they're Which kind they of are. ganging up we on know, Facebook. With Twitter. And we, we know they are. Mm -hmm. They're kind of ganging up on, on Facebook, though, a little bit. Amazon was kind of pointing fingers at, at Facebook here recently uh, with all the um, nonsense that was going on with calls for violence and all that. You know, they were saying Parler was doing it when it was really happening on Facebook. Um, Amazon was pointing that out. I don't know if there's infighting or if they're going to, you know, who's going to come out the victor as far as social media is concerned. But more or less, those conglomerates are working together. You know, it, it, it's they're 
meshed together, if you will. So if there was to be a competitor pop up, uh, you know, they, they are, they are legit a threat and don't sell out. It may be another parlor. They may just say, Amazon's like, yeah, you're not doing a good enough job. We're, we're cutting you off. If you created a competitor, you're going to have to have the infrastructure. You'll have to build yourself. This is a situation that Gab runs into. Uh, Gab, uh, I think was, I think that's like the Facebook alternative, you know, uh, it's another social media alternative. They have to, they have to do their own web hosting, all that stuff, right? All the servers, they're all, it's all theirs. And the credit card transactions, um, all the companies have barred doing business with them. So they do their business. If you want the pro version, right, uh, to which gives you some extra features and that kind of stuff, you know, you pay money to help support them and all that. Do you know what currency you have to use to pay for it? Dollars. Bitcoin. Really? No transaction company, like credit card company, third party transaction company will do business with them. Uh, the credit card companies won't even do business with them huh. because they're a free speech. They're, you know, it's a, it's competition and they're not controlled by them. And those companies don't like it. So, uh, yeah. Hmm. All right. Speaking of Facebook, did you hear about the Project Veritas release on Zuckerberg? Uh, was it more recent than the one that was from a little while back? Uh, no, this I, is I think no, I, not, not Dorsey. This was on Zuckerberg himself. Yeah, I think so. Okay. This happened yesterday. Um, I was going to actually go through his quotes. I mean, I can play the audio if you want. I've got it. Just on the surface. Okay. No, no, it's fine. Um, just on the surface, it looks like that uh, they're calling for regulation to cement their control or, or not control the market, if you will. So they want mm -hmm. to. But anyway, go ahead. I can make that argument when you. Well, no, it, yeah, it's no, it's basically what what's going on here is Project Veritas, you know, the, the group run by O'Keefe, James O'Keefe, that sends people in or has people on the inside of these corporations or media outlets or, or whatever they are, they'll wire them up. Yeah, whistleblowers. They'll, they'll wire them up and they will actually catch them. And a couple of weeks ago, they got something on Jack Dorsey. And this week, they've got something on Mark Zuckerberg. The footage features Mark Zuckerberg, as well as Nick Clegg, which is Facebook's head of global affairs, discussing censorship, the Capitol riots, which weren't even really riots, and the incoming Biden administration. Some of these, right? Now, this is Zuckerberg, right? He says... I know this is just a very difficult moment for a lot of us here at Facebook, and especially our black colleagues. I, I don't know why he throws that in there. Uh, it was troubling to see how people in this capital mob were treated compared to the stark contrast we saw during the Black Lives Matter protests earlier this past year. Mm -hmm. Oh, they're oh, yes. saying because uh, there was no tear gas, which there was oh, a yeah. lot of tear gas. There was used. a lot of tear gas. If you looked at the um, Capitol in one of those shots, I mean, it was just like this big, massive wall of just tear gas yeah. and it was moving down. Yeah. Yeah. And they basically they're saying the brutality of the riots last summer, police responded with a heavier hand than they did with the, the Capitol incident. I, I think there's a little bit of a disparage. Are, are they are they apologizing to their black coworkers because they didn't the police didn't use the same amount of force that they did on the Capitol as they did with those looters that were going in and looting buildings, you know, when law enforcement didn't show up at all. Stealing um, Audis and driving them through storefronts. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. Are, are, are they apologizing that, hey, you know, law enforcement didn't even take the time to uh, attack you? Uh, I, I don't know what the apology is there. I, I, that, that, hmm. I don't know. Uh, he went on to say that this is, of course, when Trump was on his way out. He says, uh, President Trump intends to use his remaining time in office to undermine the peaceful and lawful transition of power. Did he do that? Did he do that? 
I don't think he did. Nope. No. Nope. Man's on a golf course. Yep. That's that's what he's doing. He's had, he's trying to figure out what he's ordering for lunch. Like that's his biggest concern in an well, afternoon. He is doing um uh the legal proceedings and all that because they're they're seeing it fit to do an unconstitutional impeachment. Oh yeah, him. and it, so it, well, more or less unconstitutional. That's an illegal impeachment, is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Zuckerberg went on to say President Biden already issued a number of executive orders on areas that we as a company care quite deeply about and have for some time. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Like killing the Keystone Pipeline. Is that one of them? Yeah. yeah shutting down, I'm, I'm shutting down business. About that one. Yeah. Areas killing like immig- Yeah, areas like well, no, he's he gets specific here. Areas like immigration. Well, of course, because you want to bring Open in borders. the tech works. No, well, yeah, they do because that Facebook is one of the biggest companies in the U.S. for H-1B visas applications Yeah, because they will take an American worker that's making 100000 a year, they will fire them, and they will contract someone from India, some 20-year-old kid from India. No disrespect to the kids from India. No disrespect to them. They're talented. They're educated. And they're experts in those fields. Fine. But what's happening is, is that H-1Bs through Facebook and Google and, and, well, Silicon Valley in general, are allowing them to come to the United States and go to work for twenty-five dollars to $30,000 a year for the same job. And they're, they're then indoctrinating them into these companies' disgusting censorship standards because they come from areas of the world where that type of speech, where free speech is not really accepted. And so they're more willing to enforce it than someone else that understands what free speech actually is. That's the reality of it right there. I just gave it to you. So yeah, areas like immigration. I see where he's coming from on that, if you can read through the lines. Preserving DACA, again. Ending restrictions on travel from Muslim-majority countries. Uh, I, I really I really hate that narrative. Uh, That's I, not I what like it, it was at all. No. It, it, we, the travel ban was restricting, restricting travel from terrorist nations, nations that were currently in civil war or fighting. It was restricting that, not in the passports. Countries. Yeah. Well, in the passports in those countries just so happened to be issued by the imams in those countries. That's just, yeah. I'm not being uh, anti-Semitic or whatever, whatever you want to call it, or, or racist or bigoted or whatever. I'm just pointing out that that's how it is in some of these countries. That's how it is. Anyway, as well as other executive orders on climate and advancing racial justice and equality, or excuse me, and equity. I'm sorry, equity. Uh, okay, the climate stuff, that's going to eventually put them out of business. So why are they ecstatic yeah. about that one? Well, no, see, they're allowed to operate. You're not. I'm not. Keystone's not. Right. That's. Oh, if they, if, I mean, if they keep going down this road, Facebook, I mean, if they keep going down the road, they're trying to go, we're going to go back to horse and buggy. You're not going to have television. You're not going to have um, electricity. Well, you might have electricity because solar, but you know, brownouts, that kind of stuff. You're not going to have, you know, as much electricity as you want on tap, if you will, which is kind of what we currently have more or less. They want, well, they don't, they don't want you to, they don't want you to live. That's basically what it comes down to. He also went on to say that we also had the first woman and first person of color as our vice president in the history of our country. The swearing in, which, okay, the swearing at which she's on, she's not actually a person of color, just throwing that out there. Well, I mean, this sort of, but s- sort of, but not really, not really. Jamaican and, and Indian descent. Well, that makes her a person of color. Person of color is uh, oh, okay, yeah, the way that yeah, right. yeah, yeah, the way they've defined it. Yeah, okay, I see what you're saying. The swearing in of Vice President Harris really stands out as a reminder that despite the challenges we're facing as a country, we all have so much to be proud of. She had less than two percent of the vote when she dropped out. She was that unpopular, and that's not with Republicans, sir. That's with Democrats. Okay, 
That's how unpopular she actually is. Wasn't she behind the whoever the billionaire was? What was his name? The, the billionaire Bloomberg Bloomberg. Yeah, she was behind him. Yeah. On the polls when she dropped out. Yeah, he was like seven percent and she was. Yeah, he, he was seven percent and a billion dollars spent. And she was I think was she was less than two percent. Yeah, she was less than two. Yeah. Now they have Nick Clegg, who is the head of or Facebook's head of global affairs. They had him on uh, on video as well. And he's quoted by saying this. There has been quite a lot of disquiet expressed by many Dis- leaders around disquiet. I don't know. Disquiet. I, I've never heard that word before. Expressed by many leaders around the world. Ideally, we wouldn't be making these censorship decisions on our own. We would be making these decisions in line with our own conformity with democratically agreed rules and principles. At the moment, those democratically agreed rules don't exist. We still have to make decisions in real time. Now, the question is, is are they actually making those decisions to censor people on their own? That's the question I have, because a lot of people are speculating that Dorsey, for example, right, when they were swinging the ban hammer around banning everybody in one night, a lot of people were speculating that it wasn't actually him doing it. A lot of people are speculating that someone was leaning on him or he could be, you know, the whole company as a whole. Uh, could be blackmailed. And I'm wondering if it's the same thing with uh, Zuckerberg and Facebook. I don't know. But one thing's for sure. One thing's for sure. You can't have this agenda, this larger agenda of this Great Reset, Agenda 2030, and all the rest of this garbage. You can't have this if you've got a large voice of discontent around the world. I'm not entirely sure they are being leaned on, personally, because these guys are, well, I take that back. It's Zuckerberg possible. is supposedly, he's supposedly a libertarian, supposedly. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't show. So No, it does not. Uh, so I'm, it, it's possible these guys could be getting leaned on. It's also possible that they've fallen into the trap of, um, um, well, uh, having ideas of grandeur, right? They, they want to be... Mm-hmm. Is, you know, so well, no, it, that's, it could be that's that, what uh, that's kind of what I'm thinking. That's what my line of thinking is when it comes to Dorsey is he's created this reality around himself that he's like this, you know, aura of of this godlike whatever of himself. You know, he's turned himself into like some self-satisfying deity or something. You know what I mean? And he thinks that whatever reality is, is whatever he allows it to be. So that's I mean, that's where I'm looking at. I mean, I'm more inclined to think that is the case with these big tech people as opposed to them being leaned on. I don't know. All I'm saying is, is that it seems awful convenient that you have a group down in Davos calling for a great reset like Schwab and the rest of them. And you've got the vaccine agenda, the World Health Organization people and all the rest of it. Anybody that has a contradictory view to any of these mainline agendas, these tech companies seem to be fostering that agenda. So I see both sides of it. I see both sides of it. The patterns match up in both cases, in both cases. So it's one or the other, or maybe it's a little of both. I don't know. It might also just be that uh, they think this is the, the direction things are going and to protect themselves and their business to ensure that they continue getting the amount of money that they're getting and continue having the amount of power that they have. They have to side with Davos that that agenda Uh, Because if they're the first adopters, if they're the ones that are the accepted uh, government-sponsored companies, no other company will come up, will rise up to compete with them. The government won't allow it. And not only will the government not allow it, corporations won't allow it because Amazon will be required to work together with Facebook and Google to uh, kill services of any upstarts. So because of that, you're going to stifle most businesses that, that come up. And honestly, if you don't have the money to supply the uh, servers and whatnot, 
you're going to run into, well, it's a, a logistics nightmare, basically. If you want to start up your own business that has you know, server farms or the backbone of the internet, right? You want to replace Amazon. You're talking about billions of dollars and years of work. I mean, Amazon and Google, uh, Microsoft, all of them, they've had so many years to build up this infrastructure. You know what, 20 years now, 30 years to build up the, the infrastructure of the internet. And you're going to be an upstart and take over and take it over in like, you know, two years, three years. It's not going to happen. You're going to have to have loads of money and different policies and stuff, uh, better rates, you know, all that kind of stuff. So it, it's it's um, it's not going to be doable in the foreseeable future. If Facebook continues pushing down this road, though, government regulation will come in and you won't be able to uh, have a, an upstart company come in because it's illegal. Speaking of somebody that's speaking up and trying to voice their opinions against the grain in what you're talking about there, Stephen Crowder, right? Prominent voice on the uh, on the right, shall we say? Which he's not even mm-hmm. really he's not even really right. He's I, I like to think he's more along the lines. He's on the conservative side, but he leans more center right than full. Right. I mean, they're talk- the way the media makes him out to be, they make it sound like he's some uh, crazy uh, right wing extremist. He's not. He's not. He's more of a comedian than anything else. Yeah, um, that's how it started. But he's, he's more of a libertarian. Yeah. Constitutional th- th- libertarian. Yeah. But I, I don't see those people as being on the extreme right. I see them as being center right. I see them being conservative. But in a way, they're more. OK, they're further right than a Republican. All right. I'll put it that way. They're not like libertarians are not like boogaloos, right? I guess that's the comparison I'm, I'm sitting here trying to make. So how I see America. OK, so the American scale uh, for politics, this is how I see it. They've tried to change it over the years, but this is how it more or less is. It's a dot followed by a continuous line. The dot is the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence. That is like the foundation, right? That that's the really that's the center point. Okay. The further we keep going left, you know, following that line that ever continues down towards authoritarianism, that dot continues to look like it's to the right. That dot is not moved. That dot is the center. That is the starting point. Everything else is moving left of that. So, all that to say, I think us, Crowder, some of these other conservative voices that are extreme conservatives, extreme right, we're actually left of that dot. That's true. That's true. You know, I we get on here, you know, me, most of all, <laughs> I get on here and I, I scream and I shout and I rant and I rave and I, I get on these these big, long rants and all that stuff. But it's a focused thing. It's a focused thing. It's not it's not a, a this a crazy, you know, I'm, I'm some anarcho capitalist or, or whatever. No, no. We're truly people around here that believe in fairness, real fairness, not this crap that they that they shovel at everybody. We believe in real fairness. And that's the argument. That is the argument. They're talking about fairness and they're the most unfair people. And you want to be fair, then give people a chance, an equal chance. Not this not not this divisive segregationist crap that they're selling you talking about. Oh, well, we need to make it more inclusive. We need to make it more uh, equal for people. Okay, then put an idea out there that's going to compete with what we have. If what we have is so terrible, then put an idea forth that's going to compete with it. I'm not against a new system in the West. I'm not against it, but it has to be something that's better than what we've got. And what's being sold to us is not better than what we've got or what we've had. 
So that's the argument, in my opinion, when it comes to this ideological structure they're trying to put everybody in. And that's all this, yeah. that's all this is. This is why we've made the argument for years around here since we started about abolishing the party system. Get rid of the political parties in all countries. We need to be electing people that represent us based on the ideas that we can identify with, not parties. All they do are block people up and divide people. They're too divisive. That's all this has become. So it's time for something else. So the the starting point and ending point is our argument here, right? So for us, the 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 constitutional type, we want a fair starting point, and then everything you do after that is your choice. Whereas the left is saying, no, it's not the fair starting point we want; it's a fair ending point. We want everyone to be equally poor, essentially, is what will equal equal out to being. We want everybody to be equally miserable. That's not what they sell you as, right? We want everybody to be happy, a utopia, blah, blah, blah. The same ending point. That's not how freedom works. That's not how liberty works. You're free to be dumb. And you know what? You're free to go out and fail. By those failures, you learn and, and learn to succeed. So you're, you're achieving something, accomplishing something. That is the key difference there. But anyway, um, we, we got way off track from talking about- what That was we my fault. Crowder. Yeah, it was my uh, fault. Let's uh, well, go back to Crowder. All right. Thing. What's going on with Crowder? So Crowder's filing, filing a lawsuit against Facebook. Um, hooray. About time somebody did it, right? But again, you run into money issues. Um, and he's one of the biggest voices out there. So they filed a lawsuit. Um, it's fraud. Let's see. Let me- let me get it right here. Uh, it's it's basically over fraud, antitrust. They basically said um, to the extent that they were they were saying that you could pay some money and Facebook would provide data views under the promise of not data and views under the promise of not engaging in political, racial, or religious bias and enforcing their policies. But obviously, they've been uh, <laughs> violating that um, very expressly and secretively. They've also, uh, let's see, unfair and deceptive acts, uh, acts, excuse me, uh, the goal here is forcing honesty and clarity and policy and enforcement. And uh, um, so, yeah, it's basically false advertising, antitrust, um, fraud, you know, those kind of things is basically what they're going for. So uh, keep your eye on that, see where that leads. Hopefully that will uh, benefit us as the just in freedoms. Hopefully it'll benefit that. Hopefully it'll get government to take action and say, hey, look, you want 230, uh, then you should, you know, I don't know, follow the rules, the stipulations in the contract. But I'm concerned because now we have Democrats in office and I'm concerned that they're going to be like, uh, yeah, we're going to actually pass more reg regulation and require Facebook and these social medias to be even more biased against um, race um, and I don't know, gender, religion sexual orientation, you know, those kind of things. You know, I, I always said that when it comes down to big tech censorship, it's not going to come from the right. It's going to come from the left, because once you've banned everybody on the right, all you people out there that are cheering, oh, great, Parler got taken down. Oh, yeah, ban Trump, ban all his people, ban this, ban that. OK, all right. But it's the same old story, except for in 21st century terms. When you came for that group, well, I didn't care because I wasn't part of that group. When you came for that group, well, I didn't care because I wasn't part of that group. But when they came for me, there was no one left to speak up because I was the only one left. Yep. So all you people, all you do-gooders out there that are on the left that think that this is okay, your day's coming. Your day's coming. And when I say your day's coming, I'm talking about by these tech companies, they're going to come for you. They're going to come for you and they're going to ban you. And then you're going to start screaming and crying because you know why? You're not revolutionary enough. Section 230 
is being criticized by people up there on the hill. They're like they're, they're so disconnected from reality. They're arguing that it doesn't go far enough to censor people. Think about that. Think about that. 230 shouldn't even be there. And the ones that are crazy up there, the ones that are up there on the hill that are crazy. enough. Imagine. OK, imagine this. Imagine this. Think about what would happen if AOC got banned tomorrow morning. <laughs> How well would that go down? How well would mm -hmm. that go down? Yeah. No, no. Not very. Think about mm -hmm. think about Speaker Pelosi being banned tomorrow morning. How well would that go down? I would love to see something like that just to see how many. The just to see how it would, would go. go. Yeah. Just to see how yeah. it would go. Just to test the waters and to see how it mm -hmm. would go. Or, hey, speaking of waters, Maxine Waters. Right. There's another one. Yeah. You know, the one that was out there saying, if you see anybody from a in that cabinet from a, in a restaurant at a department store at a gasoline station, you get out and you tell them they're not welcome. Or. I mean, any of the celebrities, right, that were saying the same thing that were oh, saying yeah. they were they were making clear threats of either shooting the president or blowing up the White House. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, Madonna. Those are Johnny. Yeah. Depp. Yeah. Well, yeah. Johnny Depp. Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, but they're both crazy anyway. Individuals. <laughs> so it's no surprise they said something like that. It's not surprising. But I find it funny that all these people are saying, like all these celebrities and everything, you, and people you're talking about, they're saying, oh, this, you know, Trump, he's, he's just, he's this fascist, horrible dictator. Who's behaving like that now? Uh huh. All right. Do you got anything else you want to talk on today? Yeah. Uh, I just want to point out you were saying that um, uh, the regulations and that kind of stuff would come mm -hmm. from the Democrats, you know, the censorship yeah. and all that. What once, um, only when the tech companies start turning on them. Once right. that happens, then it'll be. But, you know, that at that point, in my personal opinion, I think it'll be too late for the Democrats to do anything. Honestly, I'm, I'm of the opinion that they'll do it anyway. They're going to do it, period, whether whether the tech companies turn on the left or not. But uh, the, the point I was going to make is um, the reason it'll come from the left is because the right has no they have no balls. They don't have any drive to do something like that. I mean, and it, I'm not saying have more regulation. Where where was where was the abolishment of Obamacare when they had House, Senate, and uh, White House? Where was the abolishment of 230 or looking at it, you know, or or removing protections from these companies when they violate their own policies and regulations? You know, the right are just uh, at this point the at least the the Republicans that claim they're right. They're no friend. They're they're no friend. Uh, of of the constitution of you as the individual, I, I I don't think they really care about their constituents personally. They care about their check pants, their country clubs, and their four hundred one ks. That's all they care about. Yep, they don't care about anything else. Anyway, all right, we're gonna have to go. We're out of time, but uh, fascinating conversation as always. All right, uh, I would normally plug our socials, but uh, due to circumstances beyond our control, uh, we don't have those at the moment. Hopefully, Parlor though. I did hear something the other day about Parlor coming back up sometime within the next week or two. So let's hope that that's happening. Let's hope that that platform gets back online because you know we're missing a lot of uh, missing a lot of good voices, a lot of good different points of view from uh, from that platform. So let's hope they get back up and running. In the meantime, we are promoting our Telegram channel, and you know something, we're going to continue to promote that. We want to thank all of you that have subscribed to us over on Telegram. Uh, obviously, our biggest audience still comes from our mainline platforms, you know, Spotify, Stitcher, Deezer, uh, Pandora, iHeartRadio, all the rest of them. But our Telegram audience is growing. And uh, for those of you that do jump over to Telegram, and I know a lot of people are jumping in over there, not only is it a messaging platform, it's also got news feeds, news channels, things like that. You can connect with people. 
people, get involved in voice chats, text conversations with people. And it's really a, it's really a welcoming place. A lot of different points of view over there. Once you get over there, if you get yourself registered and you download the free app, search for us when you get there, search for Dynamic Independence, where public channel will pop right up. Join our channel and you will get not only all of our podcasts we put out here every day, but you will also get an exclusive podcast that we do only for Telegram subscribers once a week. So uh, if you want that extra content, you want to hear Bruce come off the chain even more than what he does when he's already in here, then that's the place to find it. Yeah, Telegram. So you can't get over there fast enough because we know podcasting censorship is coming and we know that it's possible that they could be pulling that app from the App Store or the Google Play Store at any time because they're already under fire. So get over there as soon as you can. Also, we're extending a special invitation for those of you that are small business owners. If you're a small business owner in the United States or in the UK, specifically in the UK, we would like to hear from you. So if you could drop us a line at tips at dynamicindependence.com, we would love to have you on one of our podcasts. Sit down, discuss with us. You can talk to our audience. You can tell us about what you've been through uh, as it relates to your small business with all these clothes and lockdowns and what you see in the coming days and if you're going to take part in reopening and taking a stand with all these other businesses. So again, that's tips at dynamicindependence.com. Reach out to us. Again, we'd love to hear from you. Also, we would ask you to pass this along to friends, family, and known associates. We're trying to grow here as much as possible, especially in times like this, but we need your help in order to do that. So if you could pass this along, we would appreciate that. We are available everywhere you get your podcasts with the exception of SoundCloud. Also, if you're rating podcasts, if you could give us a rating at your earliest possible convenience on whatever platform you listen to us on that has a rating system, we would appreciate that. Five stars would be a plus. Thank you very much. All right, Bruce, that'll do it for today. Thank you to all the listeners. We will see all of you tomorrow.